Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? It's been an alright Monday. What about you? It's been pretty good. I mean, I can't complain. Um, got a crappy haircut? I got a crappy haircut. I'm a little upset. So, <laughs> because this is an audio podcast, my thankfully it's an audio podcast tonight, uh, because my sideburns are not the same and it's... <laughs> While I can't see it, it's just bugging me. I'm sitting here annoyed with myself. By like, by like half an inch. It's bad. I, do, I, I think she just forgot to do the other side. Um, and uh, so, like, I have glasses, and I can't see without my glasses. And so, like, when I checked it out, like, I was looking at the top and the sides. And then when I got in the car, I was looking in my rear view, and I was like, oh, God, there's something wrong here. And uh, You didn't turn back bad. around? And go get it fixed. No, I had to get to church, you know? Oh, I've done that before. Just turn, turn around. around. And be I, like, I tipped her $3, so I kind of regret that. <laughs> that's an okay tip. I mean, she did an okay job. Oh, okay, that's fair. You know, I, I'm probably not going back to that place now, ooh. though. I'm sorry, Supercuts. Oh, I, was, I was wondering where he went. Yeah, it's not a chain or It's a chain place. Pretty basic. Yeah, pretty basic. I'm, I'm out on Supercuts. <laughs> Supercuts, if you decide to sponsor this podcast, I'm sorry. Not getting that endorsement. Nope. We will do, um, you know, the whatever else basic podcast. Sports clips. Sports clips. You know, we're here for it. <laughs> um, yeah, sports clips, sponsored podcast. Anyway, uh, now that we're done talking about haircuts and why I look ridiculous today, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Um, you can tweet us, follow, a uh, tweet at us your uh, feedback for the podcast. We'd much appreciate that. And I realize it came to me last week about midweek that we have a Facebook page. I haven't promoted it on the <laughs> podcast yet. Um, so we have a Facebook page. Uh, if you look up um, Couch GM Pod Podcast, uh, you'll be able to find us. We're, you know, basketball, couch, two m- microphones, some fun colors. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to explain our logo. That was but a really great description. Thank you. Thank you. I, I created it, so I should be able to describe it. But anyways, uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, let us know if you want to us get on another podcast platform and we will be happily looking into that uh, this next week um quick recap of episode eight the wizards doing wizards things uh and that's providing the nba with drama um in a drama filled league i feel like the wizards would be like the crazy cousin on a soap opera yeah is that is that accurate they got the personalities yeah to, to yeah. kind of match. Um, and there's been some more stuff this week, like John Wall just being awful. But anyway, uh, Markel Fultz, uh, we talked about Markel Fultz's shoulder problems, and this also spilling into this week because I guess he's going to another specialist some point yeah. this week. Um, but our main topic were uniforms, and that was a lot of fun. We talked about our favorites, not least favorites. And um, it's kind of a timeless episode, so go listen to it. There's not, I mean, outside of the NBA news at the top of the podcast, you can skip to the uniform part. Uh, because we had, we talked about some fun uniforms. Some not fun uniforms, but some also... <laughs> we also <laughs> hated on the Clippers a lot. So yeah, if you're a Clippers yeah. fan, I'm sorry. Don't go listen to it. Yeah, don't go listen to it. 
listen, keep listening to this one. Uh, we talked about uh, Matt had his game of the week uh, for as the Lakers Pacers. Uh, he predicted Pacers one seventeen to one hundred nine. The Lakers ended up winning one hundred four to ninety six. And my game of the week was the Raptors and Warriors. Uh, I predicted the Raptors would win one twenty six to the Warriors one twenty. Uh, the game ended up being uh, Raptors one thirty one, Warriors one twenty eight. So that was that was episode eight. Yeah, pretty good. But I'm continuing the trend of being pretty, somewhat close. I'll say quarter of the way through the season now. You're pretty good at these predictions. It's or probably at least getting the winner right. It's probably not going to continue. Yeah. So gotta you know gotta get lucky while I can. That's 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 a strategy. Bold move. Bold move. Uh, what do we got? What what do we got in NBA news this week, Matt? So. As of today, Monday, Fred Hoiberg getting canned in Chicago after a 5-19 and start. Good for uh, Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, probably. I We tweeted out from the uh, Twitter account how it's... What what did they expect? Like, did they expect Chicago to be a playoff team and then they were unhappy? Did they... Do they not want to be this bad? Is 5-19 and not bad enough? It, it might... Like... One of your big, like, mainstays of the future of this franchise, you think, Markkanen, hasn't played, like, what, one game? He, he literally just played his first game the other day against Houston. So, you don't really have a barometer for what this team really is. Like, Jabari Parker's not still not going to play defense. Like, yeah, Fred Head Hoiberg can't force him to try on no, defense. I know, And it's like, Chris Dunn's been out. Zach Levine's kind of gone back to being Zach Levine, like, what we thought and why we said that was a bad contract. That... Fred Hoiberg did not give out. Fred <laughs> Hoiberg just has to coach the guy. Like, Wendell Carter looks really great. The rookie, number seven overall yeah. pick. and But they got a bajillion centers on this team with Robin Lopez, uh, Wendell Carter, Cristiano Felicio. <laughs> like, you got all the centers in the world, and that's the complete opposite of everything you want in a modern NBA. It's... <sighs> Again, what do you expect? It's like the Ty Lue situation. Right. What do you expect? Like, what do you want from this team? And maybe it's just the offense still wasn't good, and so they were just frustrated with that. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I think you're right. Fred Hoiberg, probably not too upset about this. Still going to get paid. Yeah. Because he still had another year on that contract. Five million dollars a go, year. Go be an ESPN analyst for a year. Sit out. Get get. Let some coaches get fired at some like top name college programs, and go back to that. Go back. I think to that's college. probably a, a good solution for him. You mentioned the next piece. Laurie Markkinen made his season debut against Houston. Victor Oladipo. He's out indefinitely with knee soreness. Which <laughs> Do we is have a weird? general soreness part two. Dude, <laughs> that's. I don't understand how you're out indefinitely with just knee soreness. Like. Uh, you can't, I, you can't say extended rest. When I saw this, it makes me think that there's like a bigger injury. There, there there's not. something else, but yeah. you know it's Indianapolis, so you're not really getting like crushing media pressure to like right. release all the details. Yeah. So Victor Oladipo's out for who knows how long. Uh, Andre, oh my God. <laughs> your guy Ryan's just sweating over here. 
Uh, Andre Robertson has a setback with his left knee. Uh, he's going to be out another six weeks before a reevaluation. I'm going to say this on this podcast. I think the Thunder might have the worst doctors in the entire <laughs> It's like dated back to when they tried to trade for Tyson Chandler and like the doctors rejected him because of his medical issues or something. And he's still playing in the NBA he's at like five. 35, whatever, however old he is. Um... And, like, it seems like every other year Westbrook's getting a scope on his knee for whatever reason. Yeah. Andre's uh, out. I feel like K- KD was starting to have some problems. Like, surge. Just, good lord. Like, what is going on? I know. It's, I don't know. Outside of Steven Adams, who's just built like a truck. Like, Well, that's the thing. Like, the dude's like... His worst injury is like a thumb injury. I know. <laughs> so, outside of him, everyone else on that team, just setbacks on setbacks. Uh, Dwight Howard. So, we had joked at the beginning of the year about his glute injury. His pain in the butt injury. So, <laughs> apparently, like, he's got some, like, he went to some other doctors, got some more opinions. Said he has a herniated disc, and so he's having spinal surgery, and that's what was causing all this pain. Makes more sense. He's out two to three months, but at this rate, who knows where Washington will be in two to three months if they will still be alive. In, right, in contention, and wanting so, to contend or wanting to tank. Exactly. So... Dwight Howard out two to three months as of right now, but who knows, this could be longer. Pau Gasol has a stress fracture in his left foot. He was trying to come back from a foot injury, felt more discomfort, got it reevaluated. They said he has a stress stress fracture in that foot. No timetable for a return right now, so more front court depth issues in San Antonio. And then the last bit, we finally had a trade. Like, <laughs> actually... Things happened. Like it wasn't just people talking about things happening. Kyle Korver got traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Utah Jazz. In exchange, the Cleveland Cavaliers got back uh, shooting guard Alec Burks, who he's been in the NBA now for like a handful of years, yep. and it's almost one of those like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's in the NBA, NBA. <laughs> after being taken in the lottery out of Colorado a few years ago. Yeah, and they got a couple second round picks out of it also. Probably not that valuable. I I get it. I get why the trade was done, but this is like the most uninspiring trade I feel like. It's like you from a Cleveland perspective, you're probably going to flip those second round picks into another deal with something. I'd say Alec Burks might be used as a trade piece yeah. somewhere else. Their team is full of trade pieces on bad contracts, so like you have to have a trade piece on a manageable contract. Um, and good, his is expiring. Alec good Burks. on Corver for getting on Cleveland because I think I read a series of tweets that like when he was traded to Cleveland management and him had come to agreement, like if the time ever came that Cleveland was no longer in contention, a time now that they would like he would get traded. Yeah, and he was expecting that to happen this summer, and Cleveland was like, "No, we're gonna still try to compete." this summer and he was like why what the the heck and then uh yeah the Cavs are real bad this year yeah and for the Jazz it's like you needed shooting so fine here's a shooter who doesn't play defense but apparently half their team doesn't play defense either so I mean yeah hang your hat on defense and then suck at defense it sounds like the Timberwolves (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, except they figured it out kind of so uh Utah made that move I get it I get it for both sides I, yeah, it's just kind of a whatever trade. But Cal Corp is at least a name. Um, 
So we'll see if that works out, if that really pays dividends, or if it was just kind of a, a shot in the dark that, that doesn't really work out. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those we'll see in April, May, if this works out, if this was worth it. Playoff come playoff time. Just because of the name, it doesn't feel like a kind of a on the fringes trade where it's just like it wasn't that important but you made the move right. but because it's like Kyle Korver it's like oh he's such a great shooter and he is like you feel like this should be more important but I don't I don't think he's just is. so old he's like 37 yeah. <laughs> I mean dude when you can shoot you can shoot but like what are, what are the expectations like are you expecting him to be the floor spacer I would say outside of Joe Ingles this team's really bad at shooting yeah. like the, uh, I think it's when Joe Ingles is off the floor, the team shoots like 28% from oh, three. Like, there's no one else on this team right now knocking down three-pointers. Like, Jay Crowder might be the next best three-point shooter outside of Ingles and Korver. And Ugh. as a Celtics fan, like, I I have watched Jay Crowder play <laughs> You know basketball. that experiment. Yeah, I know. I know how it goes. And, and it sometimes looks really really cool and then other times you remember why he is who he is so i guess it's a trade it's fun like at least something's actually happening and hopefully it's like the first snowball in an avalanche of things to come yeah okay so for a big topic uh this week i think we're gonna try to change it up a little bit have a little fun uh not that we always (laughs) don't have fun uh we haven't blessed every time we do this podcast but um this week we're gonna do um so like a debate essentially not that we always don't debate but um so i for example this is the example I use. We're not actually going to do this. I have two minutes to make my case for why Luka Doncic is Rookie of the Year. And then once I get done with that, Matt has two minutes to debunk why Luka Doncic isn't Rookie of the Year. And so whether we agree... Triple J! <laughs> whether we agree with the topic or not, we have to debunk the other person's topic. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Nah, you got it. Okay. Um, okay, I've got my timer here. Uh, and I'm going to start it now. Okay, so my first topic is the Lakers have to trade Lonzo and or Ingram. I think and at this point, because one... Ingram isn't developing into the off-ball player that he is, and their plus-minuses with Ball, Ingram, and LeBron LeBron are beyond bad. They are, so, with one of the top lineups with Ball, Ingram, and LeBron, without Tyson Chandler on the floor, they're like a negative .2 in their net rating, which is just... Like, those are your guys out on the floor. And with the greatest player in the NBA right now. And off that, uh, Ball and Ingram uh, in the second lineup with, like, I think Tyson Chandler, they're only, like, a plus .1. Yeah. So those, those lineups, they're not working. And, it, like, I get that, like... The back, the back, the uh, bench isn't all that good, but Ingram and Ball are both former second overall picks, lottery picks, yeah. high lottery picks. 
and they're not producing. Like, Ball isn't the player that everyone wanted him to be, this triple-double machine. He's a nice player, but he needs the ball. And LeBron's dominating the ball right now. Ingram is just... I don't know. He's not He's not a great shooter. He's an okay defender. And he's... He, again, needs the ball. There's so many... There's so many touches with this Lakers team, and LeBron's going to consume a lot of them. It just feels to me like the Lakers are going to trend toward the Cal- what the Cavaliers were, but if they trade Ball and Ingram, I think they have a serious chance to be something better than what Cleveland was. So that's my two minutes. All right, so I got two minutes, even if I agree with you, to... To, to, to fight this to debunk me so which could be really easy because I'm uh, yeah it could be really easy I'm just okay gonna, are you ready so alright go ahead go so strategy that Luke Walton needs to go with here I'm cool with Ball and Ingram still starting with this team actually my thing is they have to stagger the minutes they have to make it to where Ball and Ingram only play like the first four minutes starting with LeBron and then you bring them out and let them run the second unit then once you move LeBron and Chandler and if you choose to leave Hart out there you might I think that's a good idea to leave Hart out there but at least when you move LeBron and Chandler to the bench just let Lonzo and Ingram run the second unit so that way it's still the young players developing if they're in there against other bench guys, they can take advantage of them. I think so still. Lonzo is a good defender. He he can play on ball. He can play off ball. Ingram, he needs the ball a lot. but And I'm cool with that, actually. I'm completely fine with that because one thing that I've... I've talked about before, and as a fan or just a person who watches the game to study the game, you have to have dudes who get buckets. Brandon Ingram is a dude who can get buckets. I'm not saying he's efficient at it right now, but at the same time, I recognize that Brandon Ingram is only 21 years old. He literally just turned 21. So even though it feels like he's been in the league now for a few years, he's one of the youngest guys in the NBA still. I think you can still close the game also with Ball, Hart, Ingram, LeBron, and Tyson Chandler. Or if Kuz is hot, you can move Kuz in there instead of Ball or Ingram. So although trading them isn't the worst idea ever and trying to get something back for a team who's looking for younger talent, those dudes can still play. And if Lonzo takes on the role of a defender who just whips the ball around, it can work. I don't know how we decide winners. Um, I don't know either. We might just like put it on a tw- like a like a, a, a series of tweets and pull pull it Ser- out this yeah. week and just like a thread, I guess. Yeah, and just, I like that. Do, should the Lakers trade? Yeah. Should the Lakers keep and and see what happens? Yeah, I like that idea. Um, so I guess we'll be tweeting them out. We didn't really talk about that beforehand, but um, okay, all right. Uh, okay, you ready for your next topic? Yeah, so I'll lead this next one okay. now. All right, go ahead. So, my idea, Markel Fultz, relating back to him from the news, has played his last game as a Philadelphia 76er. 
So we've mentioned he's seeing multiple shoulder specialists. At first, it was reported he was just going to go see one in about a week. Now he's seen multiple and still has more visits scheduled. He is public publicly getting a lot of support from his teammates but they're not necessarily saying we can't wait to have him back on the court with us we can't wait to have him back in the locker room with us they're just saying we hope this kid gets better we hope this kid's all right we want what's best for him we support him they're not necessarily saying we want him back here with us i'm sure they are like on some degree saying this but it's not like it's just overly outpouring of support the last big point in talking about like basketball now, he's lost his starting spot. Since the Jimmy Butler trade, he's he's not a starter anymore. Which to me is odd considering you traded two starters away, got back a starter, and then you still lost your starting spot. Which this was just like a reason to shake things up, and so Brett Brown took advantage of it. And now even more so he's losing minutes to TJ McConnell, uh I think he was a second-round pick, or he went undrafted. I think he was a second-round pick, though, out of Arizona. And I don't think Markel Fultz is a dude who's going to be playing in the G League. I don't think that's something he wants, because if he gets exposed at the G League level, where you got dudes like Jawan Evans balling out, then... Shout-out Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, then what is Fultz's value at that point? Philly can't risk that. I don't know if you can risk putting him back on the floor either at this point until he's completely ready. I don't see why he puts on a uniform for Philly ever again. Wow, you've wrapped it up within two minutes. You had five seconds left. Ooh, clutch. Um, okay. So, Markel Fultz has not played his last game as a 76er because, one, their moniker is trust the process. You gotta trust it the po- process here, Matt. Was <laughs> uh, the the thing about Markel Fultz is that they don't necessarily need him right now, so he can take his time to get back. We've seen flashes of what this kid could could, could be at Washington, but then he did it at the summer league level when he went off crazy in Las Vegas. I know that's Summer League. Lonzo was crazy in Summer League. Uh, Jason Tatum was crazy in Summer League. The thing is, there's flashes in this kid that this could, kid could be a real special NBA talent. I think the Sixers not only have the support, he has the support from his teammates, so as long as Elton Brand can get on board with letting him sit out this year, because at this point, that's what the kid probably needs. He needs to get with a serious shooting specialist, needs to get with J.J. Redick, which is one of the best shooters in the league who's on the team, who he's losing minutes to, and J.J. Redick has publicly said on podcasts that he's offered to help Markel Fultz, so he just needs to take time off, get his shoulders right, and be able to be able to make sure that when he comes back, it's not going to be a public disaster like this is. Like, he needs time, off, time to come off the bench. He can run that second unit. We've talked about how it's not working with Ben Simmons. Don't play, with, play him with Ben Simmons. Play it Get some shooters around him. Play him with Jimmy Butler, and just like let it let it go. Like you, you can trust the process. You're the East isn't even that good. The East isn't even close to being that good. So you have time to let this kid develop. Do you though? 
do you really have time? You got you went out and you got so, Jimmy so Butler. In in this argument, I agree with you. I think I, I was one of the first ones <laughs> back on like episode one or two who said the 76ers should think about trading this kid. So I agree. On the flip side of it, he is a, a former number one overall pick. And you don't know what his trade value is right now. Like, what is his trade value? At this point, it's probably a, a good role player and a top 20 protected pick. So, are what are the 76ers really getting from that? They had good role players in Saric and Covington, and they got rid of them for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So, like, do, what, what position... I mean, like, you go get a... a Nice point guard, I guess, but like you don't need one of those. You have Ben Simmons. You get a better backup wing, or yeah, like, Wilson Chandler is not really cutting it, I guess. And to me, like if you want to even go out and make a play at like a like a backup big or like yeah. a small ball big type of guy, like you could do that. I mean, you could go, probably go get Morris. Maybe Markeith out, out of Washington, yeah. something like that. <sighs> to me, I mean, inter conference rivals. So I don't know if they'd be willing well, to do that. Depends on how desperate Washington gets in that scenario. But to me, like there is, there are teams out there who would take a chance on Markel Fultz. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just You'd, how much will Orlando would a hundred percent. You feel like they should like. It would make sense. Like, he'd probably go get Terrence. I've seen that float around Terrence, Terrence Ross. Ross. Yeah, I've heard that one. Also, or, you know, some equivalent of Terrence Ross, who he he pretty much fits that mold, a, a decent role player wing. And, I mean, a top 20 protected pick from Orlando. Yeah, that pick's going to be top 20. Like, yeah. of course it is. So, and maybe it conveys to two seconds if it, you know, if it is within that... Part of me just says this is a disaster. It's just a disaster. I mean, the 76ers obviously screwed up that draft. As of right now, that's like the most obvious statement. And I'm curious. Part of me says don't give up on the kid. Like, really? But part of me is like, you don't go get Jimmy. At this stage in his life, Jimmy's in. With Joel playing the best basketball of his career. MVP caliber. And then just say like, no, we're cool spending a roster spot. A lot of money on Markel Fultz and dealing with this PR yeah. like that. This was one of the more difficult ones for me because it's like I almost don't even want to believe that this is his last game, but part of me thinks like it is. Like where I think the most concerning thing is that the front office and his group aren't on the same page, and it's yeah. really clear. Like exactly, it, it came as a surprise to everyone that he's that his. Agent, lawyer, whatever said like he's not playing. Yeah, and that's that. I think that's the most concerning thing, and that's I am agreeing with you on this. Um, but it, it's an interesting storyline to play out the, in the rest of the season. Definitely, uh, for sure. Okay, I'm. Are you ready for my next? I am. Semi hot take. <laughs> okay. So in this form, the Trailblazers will get bounced in the first round again. You look at um, their top 
two of their top lineups, one that's played like 200 minutes roughly and some one that's played like 100 and something. Uh, the one that's played like 200 minutes, I think, are is pl- around plus 24, which is really good. Their second one is only plus 1.6. So that second lineup that pl- gets a lot of playing time is only getting plus 1.6. And that means they're winning a lot of close games. Yeah. In the playoffs, that just hasn't been a thing with the Trailblazers. Like, I think teams are willing to say, okay, uh, Al Farouk Amino, take that 30-foot jump shot. We're fine with you. Take. You're probably going to brick it anyway. Yeah. We can uh, double or we can uh, close off Damian and close off CJ. Um because they don't respect the other shooters on this team. Like, they don't have a ton of shooting. Nurkic has been playing better this season. But when you're playing a team potentially like Golden State, Houston, uh, the Denver Nuggets, every position that they're good at, they have a step above. Like, if you look at the Nuggets, um, Nurkic isn't good as Jokic. But, I mean... The Trailblazers have Damian Lillard and CJ CJ McCollum. Yeah, so that's an advantage for the Trailblazers. But in the other pieces, they have every other advantage. Like, what, like what team are the Trailblazers beating this year? Who's getting in the playoffs? No one. They're just not. I don't like. Even if they draw a top five seed. Okay, so you might be playing the Lakers. Like, you're just not winning that. Yeah. I don't know. They're getting a lot of bounces this to go their way this season, and I just don't see it happening in the playoffs. Okay. Ready? All right, go ahead. So, a few things. So, you're right about, like, the matchup could go completely wrong. But the matchup could go completely right. Like, you just... Sometimes you just need that to go your way, and there there are some matchups. Like, I would... I would feel okay if I was Portland and I got, like, that Memphis or that L.A. Clippers. Like, there are matchups where, like, I would feel pretty comfortable with with Portland at this point in the year making things happen. My first, like, rebuttal point I actually wrote down was Damian Lillard, (laughs) period. That's all. Like, that's it. Like, you can't tell me one of the top 15 players in the NBA, like, just can't get a team out of the first round and although part of me says he he is amazing Damian Lillard like he could almost like do more at times like it's not like he's played the best basketball this year like he's only shooting 44% from the field 36% from three and he's still averaging 27 points per game like he's not even playing his best and it's still working out for this team. CJ McCollum, he's pretty on average right now for himself, 47% from the field, but only 37% from three. So part of me is, again, like he could be playing better for them, and yet they're still already at 13 and 10. They're setting themselves up to be, a, at least in the playoff mix, if not a pretty good seed on the upper half of that with home court advantage. I feel comfortable with that 
and something that's been a theme this year in the NBA is if you have continuity, it seems like that is paying dividends more now so than ever. And maybe that's part of like there's been so much player movement and it just takes time to get used to people around you. But they basically just ran it back with this team. They brought in Sauce Castillo and then they also brought in Seth Curry. I feel like they know what they're doing. Like this team knows what it's doing. So it's an interesting it's an interesting argument because they played like a top three team and then they played like a bottom west team and I, I just don't I don't know it's what, very dependent I don't I don't know what I'm getting from this Trailblazers team that is one of the hard parts is that this team is so dependent on two players like I went and looked so they're thirteen and ten as of right now on this recording. Yusuf Nurkic has led them in scoring twice this year. So the other 21 games, it's been CJ or it's been Dame. Like, there, there's no one else. Like, and now Al Farouk Aminu is the fourth leading scorer on this team with nine points per game. Like, it's just, this is the reality of this team. Like, Jake Lehman's started 19 games for them. I guess that's another thing. I said in this form, they're really capped lock this year. Um, and they, so like, they can't go out and trade for like anybody really. There's not like, I don't know who they would go out and get. Auto Porter. Oh God, that would be <laughs> <laughs> It'd just essentially be like the up, slightly upgraded version of like Evan Turner and Alfred Camino. Yeah. But like, you can make the money work with that kind of, with like Myers Leonard. But, to me, like I wish they had like a more backup point guard. Like Seth Curry's kind of playing that role for them. I wish they had something a little more definitive than that. Because otherwise their bench is Evan Turner, which I guess can kind of be the de facto point guard. I mean he's fine. Yeah. Zach Collins, big man, Nick Stauskis, Myers Leonard, another big man. And then either Seth Curry or, like, Gary Trent Jr. But I don't expect Gary Trent Jr. to get playoff run. So, I don't I, I don't know. Like, I want to like the Trailblazers because of Dame. Like, Dame, I, I think I've, like, publicly said that he's one of my favorite NBA players. And he's playing at an MVP caliber this season, even though it's kind of been an up-and-down season for him. I just I don't I don't know I don't know what to do with the Trailblazers. Well, that's the thing. Like even I said at the beginning, like I was concerned they just were going to miss the playoffs. Just yeah. they just were, and I I think they'll they'll make it in. But part of just like you said, regular season they'll just get there somehow. Still, it's just so hard with this team because they are so dependent on just a couple of guys. So, like I. I try and look around their team and, like, what what gets me excited about, like, the rest of these guys. And there's just not a lot there right now. Yeah. And that, that's just so tough. Yeah. I want Dame to be... When he's, like, playing in the playoffs, that's special. I need them to, like, make a move that yeah. is actually impactful. Right. Like, Nick Stauskas is a nice bench piece, but, like, he's not changing the playoff outcome that happened last year. No. Like, I need I need them to show me more. Otherwise, it, you got to figure... you got to do something different at that point then. Right. So, whether that's Terry Stotts, Dame, CJ, whatever, you got to do something different. Yeah. So, you ready for your... 
next, next topic. Yeah. Yes. So moving on to kind of another team perspective here. So I got Miami needs to blow it up. Ooh. Like really bad Ooh. needs to blow it up. Um, my number one and number two points are very much related. Number one, Goran Dragic is 32 years old, which I I thought he was old. And in terms of basketball years, 32 is old. But like, part of me is like, man, he you watch him and it he looks old. Like, I have no idea how he made the All Star game. Was it last year? There was like, like five, eight injury. There was. <laughs> I know. Like, they're like, we just need someone. Um, and he still has a player option for for next year, and I imagine he's going to pick it up. Like, of course, Goran Dragic wants to make twenty million dollars next year because he is he isn't getting that on the open market at this point. Dwayne Wade is the second best player on this team behind Josh Richardson, and like in all fairness, like it, I would rather have Dwayne Wade out there than Goran Dragic at this point. Like, I don't. I like Bam Adebayo, but like he, he is not it right now. And with Hassan Whiteside, he won't have the chance to be that guy. They have no salary cap relief until the summer of 2021, so you still have years to go. If you're Miami, if you want to really do anything, part of me is like, how did Miami get in this situation? Like. Rodney Magruder starting and is one of your better players. That dude was in the G League like last year. Josh Richardson, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but like you kind of just like had to make something out of a second round pick that a lot of people viewed as just an athlete. Like you made the most of what you could with this roster, and now it's time to again make the most of it. Get off of as much as you can. Kelly Olenek, whomever, and build for the future. Okay. So, I am starting now on why you're wrong, Matt. <laughs> uh, so, they should keep... They should wait to blow it up. They don't need to blow it up right now because one of their main pieces, Dion Waiters, hasn't played this season. I'm going to let you talk for a hot second. Okay. <laughs> a couple seasons ago, and not too far off of what this team is built around, they had one of the worst beginning records in the league. I think they were 15 and 15, and then they rattled off to end up 44 and 38. So they've gone on some insane runs. Before. So there's it, it's built in this team. We've seen this team flip around. And if Dion Waiters not hurt, this team's probably looking a lot different. They're not playing a dude from the G League last year, um, and Dion Waiters was really good a couple of seasons ago, and a part part of last season when he played. Um, and another thing is that their plus minus right now is as a team is negative one point four, so they're losing generally on average close games. It. So their record might look bad. They're, uh, I think, nine and thirteen. Nine and thirteen, uh, which is only ninth in the East. <laughs> that's so bad. They're, they, I will say, they are like 22, 22nd in scoring, which is not good. Um, but you think when they get players back like Dion Waiters, they're gonna flip that around. They're. Um, <clears throat> 
they in 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 the East, it's not too can like the Wizards are one John Wall rant away from blowing it up, and you very well could be getting a player back from that. You could go get Brad Beal. You could go get someone and keep building this team and make make a playoff run. I don't. That, this one is uh, my defense was complete garbage because they probably should blow, they <laughs> blow this up so bad. Like. They're, they're not really good. That 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 that's one hard. <laughs> Dwayne Wade has had a nice resurgence this year for whatever that is. Like his last season, fine. But it feels like the Kobe thing. Like not nearly as bad because you're not paying right Dwayne Wade twenty four million dollars. But it's just like, let this team be bad, please. Just like, let them lose these games. That Like, Dwayne Wade's probably won them like four or five games this year already. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, this team needs to be bad. At some point, you have to like, (laughs) realize that you need to be losing games. And Pat Riley is not the type of person to let teams just fall apart. And they have a really good coach. There's way too much pride in that between Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. They have a good foundation there with Spolstra and Pat Riley. Like, they have guys who know basketball and know what to do. Yeah. So it's just getting the right players in there. And I don't know what Goran Dragic is going to get you back. Like, you might be able to trade him to Orlando for something. Yeah, he might... He might be a borderline salary dump. But not that bad. But, like, you could get, like, a, a decent side piece back for him and maybe, like, a second-round pick or something like that. Like, it's just he's not that valuable anymore, especially at his his age, his injury problems. He's only played 12 games this year because he's been hurt, which you're paying for a, for a hurt aging point guard who is not athletic and not mm. a great shooter. Like, that just doesn't sound appealing at all. <laughs> like, he's shooting 32% from three this year. Again, Hassan Whiteside is fourth on this team in points per game. Rodney McGruder's fifth. Tyler Johnson's sixth. Wayne Ellington. Shout out Wayne Ellington. I don't know how you're still doing what you're doing. Um, but he's still around. But then you got guys like Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo. Man, Justice like, Winslow has just like dropped off this year. Yeah. I, w- I wish he would have worked out, but, I mean, he's not. So his effective field goal percentage this year is forty point six. Like he is terrible. It it just hasn't worked. Bam Adebayo is tenth on this team in scoring. That you can't let a guy who is a top ten draft pick just not play because of Kelly Olynyk and Hassan Whiteside when you're already not winning games. Right. You, there's two. I I feel like they won't do it, but. This team's not getting better. Like you, you peaked with yeah. this team effectively. Like the other year, when you like rattled off that huge second half comeback, made the playoffs. I was looking good at good story. They were like eleven and thirty, I think. Yeah, and then they went from what fifteen and fifteen to winning seven in a row there, um, and ended up at forty four and thirty eight. Which it's is like, yeah, every other like every year they have like a good run in them like in the second half of the year and like they just do incredible things like last year or the year before that I that's not to me that's not sustainable like just yeah. banking on an incredible second half run it to me on some level like look at what Dallas just did like they just went out they have a great coach Rick Carlisle him and Eric Spolster are on pretty similar level 
you you have players that have pride like Dirk or Dwayne Wade. You got some talent like Harrison Barnes or Josh Richardson. But you just realize like it's not the worst thing ever to be bad for a little bit and go get you. There's no Luca. I don't know yep. if in this draft if there's a Luca, but there's a there's a Zion. There's, there's a Zion there's and a RJ, RJ Barrett. Barrett. You got Cam Reddish, Nasir Little. Like there are dudes there. Yeah, in the top five. And you got yeah. you got to be in the top got, five. Yeah, to get there, and we know Phoenix is going to be there. <laughs> And after that, it's kind of just whomever else. Atlanta's probably going to be there. It's just whoever else wants to. And that's a good point. Miami should. Miami it, should. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. I think. I I don't know what to do with Dion Waiters because like we haven't seen him in a while, and he's just part of me's like, man, Dion Waiters, he's a thing. Because he was like, good. He was good in Oklahoma City you, and go, going over to Miami. He like might he, be a, if he comes back. He could be a nice trade asset. I guess like he still doesn't have like a timetable to return, and it's like he, I forgot he was in even playing until I was like, oh yeah, Dion Waiters. Well, that's the thing. Like 2017-18 season, played 30 games. Year before that, played 46 games. Year before that, he played 78. Year before that, he played 47. Year before that, he played 33. Like, and, he hasn't, and he hasn't played this year. Lots of injuries. So, it's, I don't know if he's really... If you can even consider him as a building block. Cause, yeah. But you're paying him $12 million a year through the end of the 2020-2021 season. Not bad if he's playing. Not bad? Oh, definitely not bad if he's playing, but he's not. Yeah. So. But paying a guy who... To, Sit at home and be injured, which I'm sure is frustrating for him because didn't he you, could. He didn't could, you mention a foot injury? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also. It's ironic that uh, we trashed the Oklahoma City doctors and medical team, but the year he plays the most. I know is when he was in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. But I mean, Cleveland trading it away. Another piece. No surprise. Yeah. Um, okay, you ready for my next? Get hot, it. Hot take. Okay. The Raptors should trade Serge Ibaka tomorrow, and here's <laughs> why. He he's right now he's top five in offensive rating, which Jeez. is insane. You look at the advanced uh, stats for players. The Toronto Raptors have three in the top. No, excuse me, four in the top five: Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and Pascal Siakam. A lot of that's probably due to Kawhi Leonard, who is six in offensive rating right now, Jeez. which is just stupid. Anyway, Nick Nurse, coach of the year. Serge Ibaka, this is his peak value right now. You have him on a somewhat large contract, and you really don't need him. You have depth. And Pascal Siakam is the dude who's going to be playing in that role for the Toronto Raptors. He's a, he's really good. And to get back something and kind of protect yourself from the summer of Kawhi. Like, let's say Kawhi doesn't like playing. And guess what? It's December. He's going to start facing sub-20 degree Toronto City. He's not going to like that. And so he could leave this summer. So this is kind of protecting yourself because if you get Serge Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard's not there, he's probably not going to be top five in offensive rating. 
Like, it's, he's just not. And we've seen this with Serge Ibaka before. He's been playing really well at the, at the beginning of the season. And then when it comes to later half of the season, he starts playing really poorly because his legs aren't there. His jump starts, his jump shot starts falling off. And you can go get, right now, you can get another good piece and entice Kawhi to stay. And I think that's the biggest point of this, is that you need someone else outside Kyle Lowry to entice Kawhi to stay. Yeah. Okay. So, I gotta defend Serge Ibaka right now. <laughs> you have to defend Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Well. I had to defend Miami and whatever else. Markel Fultz. You made me defend Markel Fultz, so you can defend Serge Ibaka. That was definitely on purpose. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, go So, Serge Ibaka. Uh, I think you, you kind of want to keep him right now because although he is... 29 at this point, just turned 29, which he feels a lot older than 29. He plays like he's 34 sometimes. At this point, I don't know if you can give up big man versatility who can play or, in theory, switch onto other players. Like, I like Pascal Siakam, but I still need to see him do it in the playoffs. Like, I... I know Serge Ibaka hasn't been the the most reliable or the greatest player over the course of his career, and I feel like there's some bias from you considering the Oklahoma City bit of all of this. Um, but he's he's averaging 16 and a half points a game. He doesn't get as many blocks. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but he's having a better year in terms of rebounding. I think the contract is still manageable for him, which he's got this year and next year at 21 and about 21 and a half this year, 23 next year, and then you're off of him. I think that's pretty manageable to keep or at least keep through the summer. To me, like you can't play Jonas in the playoffs. We've seen that. Okay, so you have Surge and you have Pascal. To me, like that's that's just about as good as it's going to get. Like you got to have competent dudes. I think you can entice Kawhi to stay with a trade of Serge Ibaka, but that doesn't have to be today. You're already the top seed in the East, right? Or right about the top seed you're battling with Milwaukee. I don't see why you disrupt that right now. Now, if they go and they lose like 8 out of 10, sure. But until that point, Serge Ibaka, he's a good backup center. I so to your point about the Oklahoma City bias, there is a lot of Oklahoma City bias here. <laughs> but a lot of this point, to me at least, is that it's at it's high it's like a stock, right? Like it's at yeah. its highest value right now. And you could entice someone else. Like who who needs defense and switchability? The Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> See if you could get him like there. I don't so. know, like Hart. I don't know who else you could get. I don't think they're, they're not trading Josh Hart for. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. You could you could get someone. Not you could find a team who's needing switchability in big men. Yeah. To trade with you, and uh, like I said, I just don't know. Like, when does this fall off? 
because we've seen this story before. It is going to fall off at some point. Yeah, well, but then you're saying move him. Well, if everyone already knows the same story that we know, which is it's going to fall off, <laughs> who are you going to get that'll go for him and give you something back that still helps you now or is enticing to Kawhi? To me, like, to entice Kawhi, like, you're talking about either a, a player at a superstar level, a guy he's friends with but does Kawhi have friends i don't i don't know <laughs> with that and laugh that no. is an unconfirmed report <laughs> um or someone who will help them win a championship like and i don't i don't know if you can get that for serge Ibaka because like you said everyone knows like yeah he is what he is even if he's having a good year right now he is what he is i i i don't know Part of me says, like, in all reality, get off of him. But part of me says, like, don't don't get rid of something that could be an expiring contract next year. Yep. Which, if Kawhi doesn't stay, and all you have left is Lowry, Abaka, Valanchunas, an expiring contract at that point is actually kind of valuable as something you can get off of. <laughs> that could be one of the craziest turnaround. Like, we see this with Cleveland this year. If Kawhi leaves, the Toronto Raptors could be missing the playoffs. Oh, they could go for a huge fall. I don't think... But then Carl Lowry's old, too. Like, you can't say Lowry will just, like, push them to the playoffs. Because, He's been like, playing you don't well, though, because, because the ball's been not necessarily in his hands every possession. I would say they've been pretty good about whipping the ball around. Danny Green's been good about that. Kawhi Leonard can take off a lot of the pressure. Serge's been playing well. He knows Jonas. Pascal stepped up. You've got a good bench. They have a lot of things going right, and part of me says like, don't don't mess that up right now. Like until it does just naturally mess up on its own. Don't mess it up right now. Yeah. There's no LeBron in the East. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so maybe that's all it takes. There is Cleveland and Milwaukee, and <laughs> gotta start with Cleveland because the East runs through Cleveland. You're right, Tristan Thompson. Okay, are you ready right. for your uh, next hot? Take? I feel really good about uh, this one. So, new one, Cat Carl Anthony Towns. Again, still throws me off that it's Carl Dash Anthony, and then Towns. He is a better building block than Donovan Mitchell moving forward. Okay, so, so are you saying from like a contract standpoint or everything? Everything. Okay. So in every way, Carl Anthony Towns is a better building block than Donovan Mitchell. Um, so although Towns feels like he's been in the league a whole lot longer, he's only ten months older than Donovan Mitchell because Mitchell stayed multiple years at Louisville. Towns is a better three point shooter. Even though he's seven feet tall and just this giant human being, he's a career 39% shooter. He's been better of late, shooting above 40% for the last couple years. That rookie year is just kind of weighing him down since he didn't get to shoot threes at Kentucky, so he took a year off of shooting threes. I would say that before Jimmy Butler came, Carl Anthony Towns uh, was starting to become more of a playmaker equally as good if not better than Donovan Mitchell and then again Jimmy Butler I understood the move but it stunted his growth and since Jimmy Butler has left Carl Anthony Towns has been an absolute monster for the Minnesota Timberwolves he's helped them right the ship 
He's going for 20 and 20, what feels like every single night. He can pass the ball. He can be a playmaker. He can be a stretch five. He's the perfect modern NBA center. And he's still super young. Like, he still has room to grow in his game. And he hasn't even figured out how to play defense yet. So if if for some reason, like, Robert Covington can teach him how to play defense, if Tom Thibodeau doesn't have to deal with Jimmy Butler and hopefully doesn't have to deal with doing the executive work, maybe he can actually t- teach Cat how to play defense. And all of a sudden, you may have a top-five player. And he's already a top 15 player, so better. Okay, this is going to be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Defend Spider. Defend Spider. So Donovan Mitchell is not only one of my favorite non-Thunder players. He's one of the best young players in this, younger players in the league. So I'm going to go when it matters most. Because we've seen this with Kevin Love in Minnesota. The dude can fill up a stat sheet, sure. But when it comes crunch time, when it comes to games that matter, where are you at? And a lot of times, Kevin Love didn't execute in Minnesota. Same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs, he only is averaging 15 points per game on 46 47%. Okay, that's fine. 28% from three, which he was shooting way more threes in that Houston series than he needed to be. He has um, free throw percentage sub 75%, which is fine, I guess. Um, and his assist total was only two. 2.2 assists per game. While Donovan Mitchell was averaging 24 points per game against... Oh, the same Houston Rockets team. Uh, He was shooting uh, 31% from three. He had five defensive rebounds, which is not as good as um, Carl Anthony Towns. And four assists. So, comparatively, Donovan Mitchell is doing it better in crunch time. And, oh, by the way... He's the only superstar on his team. Carl Anthony Towns had Jimmy Butler and whatever the heck is Andrew Wiggins. He has other players. Carl Anthony Towns had a roster around him. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have that. He has Ricky Rubio, who good Lord knows if he can even shoot a three this year. He had Jay Crowder, which you've seen firsthand. Donovan Mitchell has better potential than Carl Anthony Towns, and Carl Anthony Towns had a roster tailored for him. Did he? Did he though? He did. <laughs> I'm he, not. I'm not super sure about that because well, okay, they're so, playing two bigs. They're playing Taj Gibson or Gorgie Jang next to him. That is not what needs to happen. At yeah, all. Well, that's a Tom Thibodeau thing. That's not a... Again, like, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, This is not Carl Anthony Towns' fault that then Tom Thibodeau gave Andrew Wiggins all the money in the world, cut down every tree in Minnesota to give him the money that Lord. they signed him to. Jeff Teague is an average NBA point guard. So I'm cool with Jeff Teague. I'm cool with him being starter. But, yeah. And then Jimmy Butler might be the most volatile superstar in the NBA, which I like Jimmy. I really do. And I appreciate him and all his competitiveness. But, like, 
at that stage in Carl Anthony's career, like and that was maybe another, that wasn't the best. That's thing, another point. Nor was it managed well. That's another point I should make is that uh, <laughs> without Jimmy Butler last season, they were dog crap. <laughs> and Carl Anthony Towns is probably not going to learn defense at this point. Like, let's be... He's let's, in his fourth year let's, in let's, the NBA. Let's be real. He literally just turned 23. Let's be real. Let's be real. John, we always said that about John Wall. Oh, he can, he can, he can learn to shoot. He can learn to shoot. Guess what? He didn't learn to shoot. The dude, it's, de- defense is like 90% effort. And the dude just doesn't put that effort in. I see him get tons of rebounds. I see him run the break. I guards I think he guards can. win championships in this NBA. Centers don't. Man, when you got a center that's like Anthony Davis level, though, I, I want to, I want to agree with you. I want to. I just part, don't part of see me also it. Also, is like I mentioned it in the past podcast. Like I don't think the Jazz are ready for that step. Part of me is like, man. Right now, and you'd say, like, well, Spider has Rudy Gobert. Like, it's not like he has Rudy nothing. Rudy Gobert is playing like trash this season. Okay, so he said Andrew Riggins is playing like trash, so. I guess that's true. So, at uh, the same time, okay, you're the guy, and you're playing like trash right now, too. Yeah. Donovan <laughs> like, Mitchell has had good games, but, like, Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns has had good games. I'd say he's had more good games than Donovan Mitchell has this year. Yeah. I don't know. And he had to deal with Jimmy Butler. Like, that was more of a negative, and he was just a waste of $20 million this year. And last year, like, yeah, he helped them get to the playoffs. But it's because, again, Minnesota is just terribly mismanaged. And that's what is, what is Carl Anthony Towns supposed to do with a trash roster and a coach who has no idea how to handle personalities uh, and no idea how to manage minutes. Exactly. So like Carl Anthony Towns is getting run into the ground, and then all of a sudden he's playing all these minutes without getting touches. <laughs> like he wasn't even getting the ball in the Houston series. Like, and it's not that he wasn't open or that he didn't want it. They just wouldn't pass it to him. Yeah, he's but, but they like, hey, play forty minutes of defense out here. I kind of. I remember him taking way more. Th- I looked at his averages there. I kind of remember him taking way more threes than I guess he actually did. So it felt like it, but it's because he didn't get many touches. Yeah. So like percentage of touches, yeah, it was higher for threes. I'm not. I don't even know if I 100% agree with this, but I'm not 100% on the other side of this. It's either. it's an interesting point um, because I think we talk a lot about about last year's rookies like Simmons, Tatum, and uh, Donovan Mitchell in that grouping. Um, and I've never really thought about Donovan Mitchell compared to, like, Carl Anthony Towns or... Donovan Mitchell was old when he came out because... He's 21. Yeah, like, they're not that that different, I don't think. So, and part of that's, like, he went to Louisville for two years. So that's just part of it when you come out later versus Carl Anthony Towns. Who, who was one and done. Yeah, just immediately left. And so it's like... We think, like, we've seen Carl Anthony Towns, but again, this is his fourth year. Yeah. Like, how many... I hate this I hate this argument that gets brought up, but it's a question I've had about two players. One of them, Ben Simmons, and the other is Carl Anthony Towns. How much do you love basketball? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's kind of a concern for me. Because, like, you have to be... To be a, a top-tier player, you have to just, like, live and breathe basketball. 
And yeah. I just don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is. Yeah, I think does. he's kind of goofy. And I love that. Like, I love that he... Oh, that I love that personality. personality. Sure. It's a good personality to have. But, like... I get what you're saying, like, in terms of the elite, like, players. Like, maybe that doesn't translate super well. But at the same time, he's, like, a dude I want to be a teammate with, I think. Not saying I wouldn't want to be with Donovan Mitchell, but... And another thing is killer instinct. Yeah. Well, I was saying, you see it in Carl Anthony Towns. Like, you do see it. It's just he's not always getting them one with the the shot at the end. And I don't... I don't know if that's a Carl Anthony Towns thing. It's a Tom Thibodeau thing. Minnesota's in some god... Like, that Derrick Rose is good. I was going to have a take about that, is that he, that's not lasting. Like, it's I just... I want it to. I want... I love it. But, like, again, go, kind of going back to Dion Waiters, a player with a history of injuries, something's going to pop up, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, your body is just... It's worn. And when you're dribbling the ball 600 times a game... Yeah. <laughs> like, and playing above... Like, playing a, a ton of minutes, because that's what Tom Thibodeau does. It's just like... I don't, I don't know. I, I like Carl Anthony Towns. He, I think he, I would put him in, like, my top five. Of put Like, building 25... Put 25... Players under 25, he's probably in my top five. Yeah. I would imagine so. Oh, easily. Like, he has to be, like... I- and that's probably like I don't know everyone their exact ages right at this point, but I think he definitely has to be. Just for I looked at the car, or the Andrew Wiggins contract. It's just so bad. Just reminding myself of it, making twenty five and a half million this year. Oh my <laughs> god! Like he and he's only like twenty three right now, but he's. A, so he's older than both of these guys, making twenty five and a half million this year, twenty seven and a half next year, twenty nine and a half the year after that, thirty one and a half, and then thirty three and a half. How much is that total? Uh, what is that? That's got to be just give me like, like a roundabout one hundred fifty million. Yeah, have fun paying one hundred fifty million dollars to a guy who's not playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's that's got to be one of the worst. And they gave him that extension so early too. Like they didn't have to give it to him when they did, but they just like they jumped the gun doing it, and it it's not paying off. Well, Min- again, Minnesota is just such a weird situation there. Uh, talking about a team that needs to blow it up, there it is, prime example number one. But you can't blow it up because you have Andrew Wiggins on a dumb extension. You can't, you can't trade that. That's <sighs> that's borderline as bad as the John Wall contract at this point. Or that's, at least that- John Wall will produce. Yeah, I'd say whatever that mean, whatever that's worth. Who would you rather have on their current deal, Otto Porter or Andrew Wiggins? Porter's got a couple years left at about 25, 27, I Auto think. Porter? Yeah. You get off of it sooner and it doesn't cost you as much. Yeah. And he gets you probably more production at yeah. only like a year or two older. You get him in the right team and he could probably... He's he's what the NBA clamors over, 3 and D. And he actually plays defense. Yeah. Like on some Length. level. Whereas Andrew Wiggins like doesn't even play defense. And like It's like I think a couple... I think it was a couple, uh, it might have been a month ago now, 
is that, like, I think they're playing the Warriors, and I was watching the game, I was like, okay, Andrew Wiggins, you're kind of looking, and then I looked at his stats, and he had, like, 22 points on 25 shots or something like that. It's like, yeah, he's good efficient. God. He will, he'll never be anything more than a Keep good taking those bad team. 20-foot jump shot two-pointers. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for my next one? Go ahead. Okay, speaking of teams who should blow up, Houston should blow it up. Because you're just on that train today. I don't know. I guess it's just the mood I'm in. I just want to see chaos in the NBA, which there is a lot of chaos. But um, it's back to this. When it was a couple seasons ago, it's just back to James Harden and not much else. Like even CP3 is on that big contract now, and he's not really producing. He's been injured this season. And they're still, like, 500. They lost the, the Mavericks the other night. Luka Doncic just... Uh, they got... Blo- they didn't lose. They got blown out. And, like, I get that, like, the Mavericks are starting to be something. But those are teams you're supposed to be beating if you're contending for what they want to contend for. Like, right now, I think they're... Somewhere around 500. They're 11 and 12 right now. They're sub 500. God. That's bad. And their whole goal, their whole point of this team is to beat Golden State. They don't have the players to beat Golden State. After letting Ariza and Lua Bakamute, (laughs) I, I still butcher that name every time. After letting those two players walk, they're they're just not good defensively. Like they're kind of I think they're top ish in defensive rating. But then offense is not good. It's not even top top ten. I think it's maybe middle below middle of the league. And you're a uh, five and five on the road. Or in your last ten, you're five and five, which is just awful. Like you, I don't see Houston as a threat to contend anymore. Right now, they have the same record as San Antonio, and San Antonio doesn't have the star power that Houston does. I just don't see them getting any better anytime soon. So I gotta defend why you gotta defend Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey here. And explain why. (laughs) Okay. Houston should not blow it up. And this is the context I'm taking this in. So maybe I'm spinning it the wrong way. Houston should make moves. Houston should not blow it up. Those are two different things. Okay. So part of it's you're you're trying to get Carmelo waived, but you're not doing that until... He's agreed with another team, essentially, to take him. So that can be a move. You can get him off the books, and then you can use that money then that you saved to then go get on the buyout market, which will come up. You still have Eric Gordon, which I think even trading Eric Gordon, that's not blowing it up because he's a sixth man. So I can't consider trading a sixth man blowing it up. And although Eric Gordon has struggled this year, like he's shooting 32% from three and 37% overall, he's still somehow averaging 17 points per game. He'll get to the free throw line a decent amount still and he'll take enough threes to where like even though the percentage is bad like he'll still put up numbers so you can make that trade or maybe you just hope Eric Gordon who's (laughs) remarkably only 29 like he can just figure it out still and 
I reasonably think he can. Chris Paul's missed five games so far this year at the time of this recording. I think you can get by and make the playoffs with Chris Paul missing a quarter of your games or you know, maybe a little less than that. And if you get to the playoffs and you're healthy, I think Mike D'Antoni has to kind of be cool with that at this point. Like, if you can get into that 7-8 seed and get the matchup you want and all, borderline at the end of the year, like, kind of dictate, like, where you're going to get seeded at, I think, like, that's not a bad outcome for Houston considering the start and considering the injuries that they've had to deal with. They made some terrible moves in the offseason. Like, Michael Carter-Williams is borderline unplayable. Brandon Knight, still hurt. Marquise Chris, <laughs> border like, just pretty much unplayable. Like, they made some bad moves. That's true. But part of me says, like, let this team get some dudes together. Gerald Green's been out now a couple games. And just kind of see what happens. Like, I'm kind of cool with just rolling into the playoffs is what they've got. And just saying, like... If you can get L.A., like the Clippers or Memphis, or maybe if, you know, you get Portland struggling, limping into the playoffs, I'm, I'm not saying I'd feel great, but I'm not feeling terrible, especially if this team's trying to avoid the tax. So, yes, but... I feel like Golden State would look at them and say, like, oh, you're going to be an 8 seed? Okay, we're going to try for one. Yeah. We're going to get you in the first round and say, see you later. They might try to get them in the first round. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> see, my, my problem is when you say blow it up, like, I think, like, major guys. Right? Like, I think they need to... Uh, CP3, I, James Harden, Clint Capella. I almost think they need to get rid of CP3. Again, I don't know how you're going to do that on that contract that he just signed, which is absolutely It's stupid. Ridiculous. I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, you, he's, what, 34 now? 33? Uh, I think we look this up every other podcast. He's 33. He'll turn 34 in May. And it's just like... <sighs> what are you doing, guys? Like, I get you want to compete for a championship in... I think I've said this before. I think their window is closed. Like shut. Oh, I agree. Shut. Locked. Closed. And what? What? Like the pieces around you have right now are just like the guys you named off. Gerald Green. Yeah. Like he was in street clothes last year. No, no. And part of me is like this feels very much like the Jimmy Butler trade, where it's like. You could go flip it for like a couple nice pieces, but the thing about the Jimmy Butler recent flip to Philly was that he hadn't signed that new contract yet. Yeah. So it's like you're putting the pressure or the responsibility, and like personally, I love to like pawn responsibility off onto other people. <laughs> like Minnesota was able to pawn that off onto Philly, whereas like Houston, because there was only a year I left, like they just had to make the call themselves. And now they're stuck with Chris Paul. And, like, they got him to take a discount, and they're still paying him 35 and a half this year, 38 and a half next year, 41 and a half the year after that, and then 44 and a quarter the year after that. Like, you're paying him through the 2021-22 season. At that point, he'll be, like, what, 37, turning 38. Like, they made the choice. Like, they had the chance to move they they didn't it's it's similar but it's not the exact same trade uh yeah i just 
part of me says like blow it up but part of me is like I don't I don't know who will take that contract without Houston like sending a ridiculous sum of money with it like let me take cash considerations yeah. like mailing <laughs> checks like monthly social security <laughs> checks out to uh, whatever to Chris Paul and that team I just like I, I and I think at the beginning episode one or two I I'd say they would take a step back um and I didn't see this I didn't see sub 500 almost 25 games in almost quarter of the way through the season like Houston are you gonna make the playoffs that's a serious question right now and it's because of the West it's not part of it's that Houston's not as good but it's also the rest of the West is that good right like Memphis is a thing this year mm -hmm. like you I think we talked about it off air but you had a take about them And I didn't know how to defend it because they are legit this year. Like, it seems kind of sustainable. Yeah. Like, they just brought in, like, the right guys at the right time. They're going to punch you in the mouth. Garrett Temple's having a nice year. Sheldon Mack. Sheldon Mack is playing nice. And and it's like they... Like, I just don't know who Houston's beating. Like, even if you draw, like, the Los Angeles Clippers... That, again, a deep team, a lot of good players. If someone's having a bad night, okay, that's cool. They just throw in someone else. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, that's neat. You you got, I don't know, like you got Shea Gildas-Alexander out of the game. Okay, here's Pat Beverly. Like, right. have fun with him, Chris Paul. Like, yeah. he'll make your life just miserable. Man, Shea Gildas-Alexander, can't say that name either. Have an amazing year. Rookie of the year candidate. He's, it's one of those, like, his stats probably won't get him into that final five conversation, but just watching him play and then lead the quote-unquote best team in the West right now, like, it's impressive. There, he's, I think I saw that they're 10-2, and that was a couple days ago. With him starting. With him starting. He just, he's so good at leading that team, and his set of skills work well with what the rest of the team has going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good fit, and I've mentioned, I think, off-air to you, like, they have Sam Cassell on the bench, works a lot with SGA. It's been going well. Doc Rivers is the former guard in the NBA also. Like, we can't forget that. Like, he played. Yeah. So, and now that he's just coaching... Like that's a good thing. Like, and he's really helping this kid out. Like Minnesota, and, take notes. Like how this should work. <laughs> yeah. And then you just built a good team. Like there is value in that. And so far, they're pulling it off. So my last debate topic, and this is the last one of the pod for both of us, talking about a team that doesn't quite have it together again. So go ahead and get that timer okay. started. So my last one is that. Maybe missing the playoffs this year for the New Orleans Pelicans will not be the worst thing ever. So, I say this because if they miss the playoffs, there's a high likelihood that Anthony Davis is going to want out. If Anthony Davis wants out, you kind of have to abide by it because you can't lose Anthony Davis for nothing. You could get an incredible package back. Anthony Davis. You want to keep Anthony Davis? Of course you do. But you're already only like 23rd in NBA attendance a 
according to basketball reference. So he's not really putting people in the seats right now. So couldn't you build a team? Like you could build like a decent NBA team with just the trade package you get back for Anthony Davis. Keep Drew Holiday. Resign Randall and or Miritich this offseason because both of them have worked out real well with Alvin Gentry, their head coach. And then just see what kind of team you have and borderline kind of go like with this Clippers, Grizzlies style of let's just put a really strong team together with a coach who knows what they're doing and what they want to do and just see what happens. Because at this point, like they don't have great depth. The wing position has been a problem all year. I bet you can get a good wing a and a few good backups and a pick or two for Anthony Davis at this point, especially if you send him to a team that feels like they can re-sign Anthony Davis. I feel real good about that. And then again, again, on the pawn off responsibility, Anthony Davis is eligible for a five-year, $230 million extension in the summer of 2019. So that means in that final year, he'd be making $52 million per year. Pawn that off on the Suns. Make someone else pay him that money because at that point, he'll be in his age 32 season. That's a lot of money to be paying to a seven-footer. Okay, so I have to defend... Why this wouldn't be the worst thing ever. The Pelicans. Oh, God, you're making me defend the Pelicans. Okay. So, making the playoffs uh, is a must for this year for the Pelicans because going back to this Carl Anthony Towns and top players under 25, Anthony Davis is still, what, 25? Uh, 26, maybe? Let me look it up while you're talking. So, he's one of those building pieces, one of those valuable things. He's a big man who can switch, play defense, and, oh, by the way, he's great on offense. The Pelicans need to keep this guy because of all the reasons you just listed off. 23rd in attendance? Like, that's only going to get worse if you just have a mediocre team. That team's, it, that team's leaving New Orleans if they lose. Is that game. a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and, like, I, you, they're one move away from having another star around with Anthony Davis. You could flip Drew Holiday and or Miritich and or Randall and get something really nice. Those those players are pretty good. Um, I, I Drew Holiday is a nice piece. I like him. He's a good point guard. But other teams need point guards. You could trade him and get something. I just have a hard time saying like the Pelicans should just give up on Anthony Davis. They should. I, that's not exactly your point, but. Five years and $230 million. Like, that's one of the top 10 NBA players. I think you would have to pay him at that point. And if you're New Orleans, you start the rebuild all over again, which was only a couple years ago, and you're not, like, you're not selling seats. I'm sure, like, jerseys shall... Like, who's buying a Nikola Miritich jersey? Three cola. No one. No one. How old is Anthony Davis? He turns 26 in March. Okay, so he's 25 right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's an interesting point. Again, part of me is like, of course you don't try and get... You know, you never try to right. get rid of Anthony Davis. Like, no one's stupid enough to do that. 
hey, we don't like this kid. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, that's so much money. And you're right, like, pay top ten player, top ten player money. Like, that makes, that makes sense. But if we're back on the Carl Anthony Towns point, like... When has Anthony Davis, like, really got New Orleans to the playoffs? Once. And then they got Portland, which we've harped on Portland. Like, they were a regular season team who just happened to win games when other people were taking the night off. And you got a really, like, honestly, the best matchup you could have got. And you won it. Like, good on you for winning it, but, like, Anthony Davis hasn't really got you there either. Like, he... It's the same topic we've talked about with Chris Paul. Same talk about with Cat now and different things like that. Like, of course, Anthony Davis is a top ten player. That's a lot of money for a dude who who can't just get an average team otherwise into the playoffs. Like, he needed Drew Holiday playing his absolute best basketball. Like, they needed Nikola Mirotic. Like. I don't know. This is hard for me because, of course, you don't trade him, but like you could build a team in just the trade package. So the example, I think the most closest example we'll get to this is Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like you don't just let like the Thunder let Kevin Durant walk for nothing. Yeah. And it's only by... Smarts by Sam Presti, which I don't think they have an incredibly smart GM, um, to flip that into something more. Now Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Um, so it's just tough to say, like, I, like I think you have to trade him. I think you're right. I think you have to get him into another situation where you're getting a lot back because we've seen that work out for other teams like um, the Pacers where they traded Paul George, the superstar, on an expiring contract and got some pieces back, Sabonis and Oladipo. Yeah. And now they're set up to win. They're set up to win long term. And the Pelicans could be in that same boat if they if they're managed this right. If they don't they could be bottom tier of the league without a superstar, yeah. which is worst case scenario. Yeah. But they might even be in a worse spot right now, which is just middle of the NBA. You're not necessarily making playoffs. You might make the playoffs. What yeah. draft pick are you really getting? Yeah. Like, it's it's funny because we were just talking about CP3, so I was like, what all did Houston have to send off in that CP3 deal? Which, CP3 is older and was having way more injury problems. Like... L.A. got back Sam Decker, who he's probably into the bench guy, but he's a guy. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, DeAndre Sweet Liggins. Lou. Yeah, Darren Hillard. Montrez Harrell. Ooh, six and man of the year, baby. a top three protected first-round pick. So, like, if that's what you could get for an aging Chris Paul two years ago, what could you get for a prime Anthony Davis and you get his rights to give him the best deal possible. Like Jalen Brown plus plus stuff. Plus lots of good stuff. Like like Boston like in that example, like package, I don't know, like Horford, Brown or something like that. And a pick. I don't know. If you made that deal a year ago, you could almost almost get Tatum. But he's played too well. Yeah, no, not anymore. Not anymore. But, like, take on Anthony Davis and maybe even, like, a not great contract from New Orleans. 
like mm-hmm. you could you could give your team so much more flexibility. You could give your team like more just more options and more depth and actually have a team instead of just well, let's hope Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday can <laughs> save us cuz the problem we can is limp into the playoffs like, and get swept by Golden State again. Yeah. <laughs> like Nikola Mirotic is an unrestricted free agent. He might be too expensive for New Orleans. Yeah. Honestly, like just straight up as of right now, like they probably can't get him back. And same thing, Julius Randle. He's, he's got playing a, so well. He's got a player option next year for $9 million. He's turning that down yeah. in a heartbeat. Especially with the cap theoretically yeah. expanding or yeah. growing this year. And teams looking to spend money this offseason. Like, he could get at least $9 million somewhere else, if not more money than that. And probably even start for a lot of teams. So, Julius Randle, you may not be able to bring him back. So if you can get off of money and either make that expiring money or just more pieces you can build around, maybe you can bring back one of those guys. Or if you don't, it's not as hurtful as yeah. if like you tell Anthony Davis, like, look, we missed the playoffs and we can't bring back Miritich and we can't bring back Randall. He's going like, to walk anyway. He's going to want out anyway. So... To me, honestly, and this is I've said this before, you're just losing Anthony Davis. You're losing him no matter what. Like yeah. honestly, you can make the playoffs this year. You're losing Anthony Davis. I, I in think my opinion. As from his perspective, what has New Orleans really done to go get some like the best player you might have played with is Mirtich? Like they well, or Boogie Cousins. Boogie for the time that Boogie was healthy. But then it was like not even it worked for a little bit. They were good, but I don't know. I I just have a when you see other teams going and making moves to go get other superstars and you see New Orleans just continually sitting by, I think it would make me a little agitated. Yeah. It's like you, this is your seventh year in the NBA. Yeah. Like you've been here for a long time now. You've been average, like your rookie year was the only year you didn't average at least 20 points per game. Like you've literally done everything you can average 20 and 10, at least two blocks a game every single year since your sophomore year. Like there's, there's little else that Anthony Davis can do for this franchise. I mean, like, last year he was going on a Russell Westbrook-esque tear to get his team into the playoffs. Well, that's the thing. Like, he stepped up his game this year to average five assists a game. And so far, through the first quarter of the year. And they're still, like, in not that great of a position in terms of, like, seeding because the West is just so... Good. Yeah. So to me, if I'm him, I find like the best destination you can in the Eastern Conference and say, I want to go there. Could you imagine if him and Giannis ended up on a team together? That'd be stupid. But I don't know if Milwaukee could. Milwaukee probably couldn't. Couldn't pull that off. It's one of those things like, man, that would make the top of the East really fun if Kawhi stuck around in Toronto. Like, it would make it really interesting. Oh, it definitely would. But, like, if he if he wants to go to, like, one of those big market-type places, whether it's Chicago or, I'm thinking Eastern Conference, so, like, Brooklyn or New York or Boston or Miami. I, 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 we've mostly seen Boston, the Boston tie. Yeah. 
Uh, part of me's like he's from Chicago, like maybe he he's looking to go back there. But again, they have to manage that situation well. With and I don't Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, and, and uh, Markinen. Yeah, you would probably have to get rid of one of them to get him. To get him, yeah. And I imagine mm, they could do either, honestly, because Wendell Carter is similar to Julius Randle. Yeah, Laurie Markinen similar to Nikola Mirotic. I would try and keep Markinen if I'm the Bulls, but yeah. again, that's neither here nor there right now. I just, pardon me, if Anthony Davis, like, you can't, like you said, it's oh, it's all back to the point. You can't let him walk like Kevin Durant walked. Like, that just sets your franchise up for failure. And if it wasn't for Russell Westbrook just going bonkers and then a genius Paul George trade, yeah. like, the Thunder aren't a thing right. either. So, like, they just happen to avoid it. Drew Holiday can't carry you the same way Russell Westbrook carried you. And I don't trust that management to make a Paul George trade equivalent. Right. So, I I just lay it all out there and go see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Interesting point. I had fun. That was fun. Mm -hmm. It was a good experiment. We'll see if we'll bring it back. Um, Tweet at us if you want, want us to bring it back. Okay. Moving on to game of the week. Do you want me to? Sure. Give you my go ahead. Game of, okay. So my game of the week is the Clippers at Grizzlies. It's on Wednesday, uh, December fifth. Which, good God, how is it December already? Uh, at seven p.m. I'm predicting the gl- uh, gliz- oh God. Clippers <laughs> Grizzlies to win one hundred eight. Uh, to 104. Uh, the Clippers losing there. Do you, do you have a typo there? Is it sure it's not 78-74? Oh, it might. It might be a classic like early 2000s game where no one gets yeah. close to scoring 100. Um, yeah, I think we haven't really talked about much about either one of these teams on this podcast because they're just kind of... Again, we've given them like, subtle shout-outs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're existing... I would like to see more of both these teams to prove yeah. that they're um, juggernauts. Uh, but Jaron Jackson Jr. Triple J. Man, that guy. That, whew, you want to talk about this rookie class might be something special here it's, in a couple of it's years. It's really good. These uh, rookie classes have been special the last few years. Okay, so what's your game of the week? So then mine, top of the Eastern Conference. So you had the top of the Western Conference. I kind of just inadvertently took the top of the Eastern Conference. Bucks at Raptors. That'll be Sunday, December 9th, 5 p.m. Central Time. I'm saying Raptors 111, Bucks 109. Both of those teams will be in like the middle of like a a tough stretch of their schedule and then that's like smack dab in the middle of it so part of me is like both of these teams could be absolutely gassed by the time this game comes around but part of me is like i just i want a great game and kind of maybe this game matters yeah in terms like when we get around to march and april and everything when we're looking into like who beat who and who owns tiebreakers and different things like that this game could be important so bucks at raptors on sunday the real question is Kawhi going to be playing in his new balance i hope so what, what the white lawnmower what is sneakers dumb contract i'm sorry like your biggest complaint is like oh you don't get noticed enough and yeah then you go sign with new balance oh, god <laughs> whatever Kawhi. if you weren't so good i would be so over you but you're a really good nba player so that's why i keep talking about you anyway thank you so much for listening to episode nine of the couch gm podcast uh we really appreciate it 
Give us some feedback on Twitter if if you feel so inclined. Uh, give us a uh, review, rate us and review us um, on whatever podcast service you're listening to this now. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will see you back next week.